0: Hello everyone and welcome to Grow with. Us. Grow with us is a podcast that focuses on the talent-focused mission of In Tulsa, a talent advising organization for startups, local businesses, and expanding corporations. My name is Evan Barton and I will be your host each week, where I'll be joined by a guest who is making a difference in Tulsa by furthering our mission of creating equitable opportunities via technology, innovation, and strategic partnerships. This week, we're in conversation with Program and Communications Associate at the George Kaiser Family Foundation, Muneeb Atta, who will be chatting with me about his Tulsa experience, actualizing Tulsa's future, and vibe checking Tulsa. Welcome, Muneeb. It's so great to have you. It's
1: so great to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: This is a long time coming. When I thought about grow with us, like you were really on my like top five people to get on because really, we just have a we have a good rapport. Like we, in our first Zoom meeting, I was like, oh, I know this guy, and yeah. then. Here we are working yeah. at, working in similar circles.
1: Maybe maybe we uh, start our own podcasting
0: service after this. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how we'll see how this one goes. Yeah, we just have to steal Jesse with us. <laughs> let's kind of get started here with just we need, I I know it, but let's let's let the Tulsa people know and the grow with us listeners. What's your Tulsa story? I like to start my story as most immigrants
1: do, and like talk about my parents. Mm-hmm. And so my parents are from Pakistan. I'm I'm actually I was born in Pakistan, born in a small city called Karachi which is 28 million people roughly so like multiply the population of Oklahoma like eight or nine times you know but I, I was only in Pakistan up until I was three years old and I moved to this very small town in Alabama called Scottsboro which coming from Karachi Pakistan or coming from anywhere you know abroad specifically in such a big urban landscape in such a big city, just just tons and tons of people. Scottsboro, Alabama was just this very small town that is gorgeous. It's Mm -hmm. on the foothills of Appalachia. I think my dad probably when he came there for the first time, he was like, this is what heaven looks like, you know? (laughs) So I I grew up in Scottsboro from maybe I was three years old to when I was in about third grade. Mm -hmm. And then my parents, my dad got a job here in Tulsa and we'd never heard of it. And it was like a Mm -hmm. mind crushing thing to know that there was a Tulsa, Oklahoma that existed because it was just so far out West, you know? And so it was probably the most West my family in the history of our existence has ever gone is is to like go and live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And so I moved here when I was in third grade, went to Jinx Elementary and then Jinx Middle School, Jinx High School. And like most of my friends, I would say that success growing up in Tulsa was leaving Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Like you, you grew up in Tulsa. Yeah, Evan. I
0: would, I would totally agree that yeah. that was that was the mindset. Yeah, so and that's a small town mindset because Oklahoma is full of small towns.
1: Yeah, I think. yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think from the very beginning, it was I'm gonna get out of here. And and a lot of my friends that it was the same sort of feel was, I'm gonna get out of here. And it, there were a lot of things that contributed to that. One is I think also the immigrant mentality of there's not a lot of people that look like me. Yeah, but think like me. I grew very close to the mosque community that's here in Tulsa, grew very close to maybe some of like the outdoors, like playing soccer, you know, playing. We actually started a cricket league while I was in high school. We started a cricket league uh, with our rival high school and played in a de facto state championship because we were the only two teams, got covered by local papers and and stuff like that was exciting and fun. And that was doable in a Mm -hmm. place like Tulsa, you know, where people are open to sort of ideas. But I still had the mindset of, okay, you know, I'm sort of I've grown out of this place. Yeah. And so I applied to colleges. When I was looking at colleges, I applied to like 22 schools, and that's way too many. That was way too many. That was way too many. But again, I didn't have much guidance on like the you know where how does this college thing work. Mm -hmm. College was sort of a dream to go to, and I was like, okay, 22 schools, cast a large net, and and anything in Oklahoma was at the very bottom of that list, and then like sort of the financial situation came back and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, he's not that bad." You know, yeah. like, oh you, "Oh, you oh, you made a pretty good deal. It was pretty it, it got me in in a lot of ways." And so, um went to OU for the first month, hated it. For within the first 3 months, fell in love with it. Wow. Um and so I was very happy at OU, but I was still not content with the Oklahoma scene, right? Yeah. So I went in thinking I'm going to become a dentist. Because my sister's a dentist. Okay. And there were a Aspiration. lot. Not, there was such, such great aspirations. There's not a long line of, I would say, people that have deviated from either medicine or engineering in my family. Mm. So it was always, okay, you can do whatever you want in the medical field. You know, that was sort of the. The caveat. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was. I was okay with dentistry. You know, it seemed like a good job to have. And then do you have great teeth, by the way? Oh, th- do I? That's mm-hmm. usually people say the opposite. My sister would be really happy to hear this podcast. <laughs> and so I was excited, I think, to go to OU because it was a place where I could learn about a lot. There were a lot of people that were interested in a lot of things. So there wasn't like a niche that was established for me. Yeah. And so I went into OU with a degree in biology and a degree in letters, which is like a philosophy, history, literature combination. Uh, with a good background in classics, so I had to learn Latin and all those things. Wow. Yeah,
0: I mean, it was it was fun. My my brain
1: hurts from <laughs> that. <laughs> but okay, well, the rest of the story is really going to get you, then Evan, because I I'm one of those people that I'm very passionate about learning about different things. I go very deep into them very quickly, and then I'm sort of like, okay, I'm ready for the next thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's probably one thing that's really bad about me that I'm hoping to like get better at. But it was one of those situations where, you know, three months into my freshman year of college, probably your freshman year of mm-hmm. college, there was an election you may have heard
0: about that happened on a oh, national yeah, that, level. That one.
1: Yeah. And so it made me realize that I, I couldn't maybe sit on the sidelines as much as I had planned to. And around the same time, Tulsa had elected a new mayor. And I was very excited to see some of the policies that he was going to enact. and And I wanted to be a part of change. So I applied for the internship that they were offering. I was only a freshman. I think they were looking for juniors and seniors. And I was a junior by hour. So I was like, it's going to be fine. Found my way in the the mayor's office. Had a great, great experience there. I thought I would be doing, you know, making copies, grabbing people coffee, the normal intern stuff you hear about. Mm -hmm. But that first summer, it was very, you know, empowering.
0: High impact.
1: High high impact. It was it was, we believe in you, and we're willing to listen to any ideas you have, and, and let's make them happen. Well,
0: and you're the future, too. I, I, that sounds like the experience that you were getting was that you were, you were with people that yeah were actually taking you seriously.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and they were people. I thought that maybe it was a one-off. Maybe mm-hmm. it was just the people in that office that are like this. And then, you know, I, I, I did my time in, in the mayor's office, went back to OU, and I was like, okay, I did my Tulsa thing. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And around the same time, there was a park that was being built in Tulsa. And I was kind of hearing about it. And I was like, I'm not interested in in sort of something in that caliber. I'm going to leave Tulsa. Found out that it's actually a giant project that would be known nationally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, was very interested in some of the stuff they were talking about in terms of, we want to make this for every child in Tulsa. We want to make sure that everyone has access to this, that everyone feels like they have a place in this. And that messaging and, and sort of that vision really got me to come back. Where I was like, all right, this would be an interesting project to work on. And so even there, it was, a, it was like a startup situation where everyone was willing to hear ideas. Everyone was willing to, you know, jump on something that they thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so I really fell in love with that environment. And that became like sort of my dream of, okay, let's, let's work on more things that are like this. And so worked, worked on the gathering place as we were opening that up. Uh, was there on our grand opening day when we did the parade. Worked that. And this was it,
0: like I just want to note really fast this is throughout your undergrad too. This is un- which this is, is during awesome.
1: yeah so this is during undergrad and and so at that point you know you're I got to interact with people in different circles yeah. too right so I was out of the mayor's office in the at the gathering place and then meeting people that were at the foundation or other organizations particularly with like an emphasis on a child like children right and and how children perceive Tulsa how children perceive their lives like you know impacting them at a very at a community level. yeah. So I, that that really, you know, that got me. And and then I got to meet with people at the foundation and have coffee with them. And they were like, what do you see working in Tulsa? What do you see not? And, and they gave me the opportunity to pitch them a few ideas. And I was sort of in that mentality of like, okay, I'll just tell them what I observe and they'll just hear it and I'll go and they'll yeah. go. And they really they really listened and they were like, okay, this is a good idea. We're going to do something about this. And so I stayed in communication with them, even though I was like, all right, this Tulsa thing, I'm done, right? You know, like <laughs> I'm actually done. Like I, I did my thing. And so that next summer, I was ready to to join a uh, national race that was a primary for the for the presidency. Mm-hmm. And so I'd done my first interview. They were very excited. I was about to fly out to New Hampshire, had a second interview that was basically an orientation. And in between those two, Sort of dates. I I got on the phone call with with Ken Levitt, who is executive director at GKFF, and we had a we had a conversation, and he was like, "Well, if you're in Tulsa this summer, like we could do some exciting things." And I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'll think about it." All those things, and I wasn't I wasn't terribly interested. And then I thought about it for like a day, and I was like, "This." This could be more, I mean, like some of the stuff he talked about interested me. Well, yeah. And not yeah. a lot of people get
0: calls from Ken Levitt. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I guess. I guess I, I found out later that it was not the norm. But I, I, he had pitched this idea. First of all, it was like the census is coming up. Yeah. Are you interested in like launching something around the census? And I was like, that would be so fascinating to like mm-hmm. dig deeper into why we, we are undercounted. Are we going to hit one million MSA this year? I mean, yeah. that was like a fascinating project. And then the other one that he pitched me that I wasn't sure, really sure about was he was like, we just started this organization that is talking about bringing remote workers to Tulsa, you know, we'll pay them $2,000, we'll give them a community element. And I was like, I'm, I'm not really sure if that would work. I was wrong. And I, I was very happy to be wrong in that sense of, you know, working with a team of people that were so dedicated to bringing this innovative idea to life. And so I was like one of the first employees at Tulsa Remote was working as like their intern. Yeah. Like, and, and even then it was a startup culture. And so I began to realize that in Tulsa, everything is startup culture in the sense that if there's a good idea from anywhere people are willing to listen to it
0: well there's an empty landscape too yeah that's kind of how I'm reimagining kind of what the city looked like a couple years ago is like there's a bunch of people with ideas but like it didn't seem like there was the a lot of people saying yes but now there are lots of people saying yes yes and lots of people wanting to try things which is Awesome. And then there, and then if you combine those with the people that have great ideas, you're going to get yeah. some great products coming out of the city. A hundred percent agreed.
1: A hundred percent agreed. And I think that reminds me, so I went to OU, as I mentioned before, right? But there's a, there's a quote that they always tell us at OU, which is the first president of OU gets off the train, looks at the field that later becomes a university. And I think it's like in 1892 or something. And he looks out at the field and the first thing he says is, what possibilities? And so I think we're at this point where everyone realizes that in the beginning, right, when when you're first crafting something anything is possible. And eventually there will be an end where nothing is possible, the curtains are closed. And so I think a lot of cities are are near that end point where there's not much change you could do, but between that beginning and between, you know, between that beginning and end, you can create anything. Yeah. And anything is possible. So I'm I'm very excited to sort of be in that early middle stage for Tulsa in terms of okay this is the new century that we're going into these are new century jobs these are new century cultures i mean like and so i'm very excited to be able to be in a place that's willing to be malleable in that
0: yeah and and building tulsa not as if like it has you know been destroyed or anything but just building it in a new direction is really how i i feel like the work that we're doing economic development wise and just like with job creation is like you no, know, we actually wanted to look this way, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, but, and we want to actually have these people in mind when we are crafting when we're crafting these specific programs, um yeah,
1: yeah creating a city for everyone
0: exactly yeah. I that guess
1: was, i didn't I didn't finish my story yet it's such a long story it's a I'm a long so story, sorry. but you're
0: great yeah. you're you're by the way, answering some of the other questions, which is perfect,
1: okay, perfect, <laughs> perfect, And so I think I went from again, I finished that summer. And I was like, okay, I'm done with the Tulsa thing. This is like, that was it, right? Even though I think more and more in the back of my mind, there was this growing, all right, maybe this Tulsa thing is like awesome. Like this is, this is a great place. I, didn't, I know you can't quit it. You can't quit it. Once they get you, they get you. And so I spent that year during my school year working on initiatives with people like Mike Bosch or Ben Stewart and thinking really about the question of why do college students not want to be in Oklahoma? And if they do want to be in Oklahoma, do they pick Tulsa or Oklahoma City? Like, what is the mindset behind that? So created this sort of intensive research project in economics, which wasn't your major was not my (laughs) major. So I'd never taken an econ class in my life. This is a funny side story. I sat in on micro econ classes so I could learn economics. And within like the first three weeks, I emailed the professor, cold emailed the professor. and I was like, hey, I've been sitting in on your class. I'm so sorry. Could you help me? learn like the econometric software that i need to do in order to undergo this project and he responded back with like one sentence he was like bring any papers you need me to sign come
0: to my office yeah
1: went to his office (laughs) and he was like hey i've been looking at my 300 person roster trying to figure out who you were because you were answering questions and he was like we just had our midterm and i didn't see like your entry in that and i got concerned And then I realized you're not in the class. So like, what's your deal? What are you doing? Yeah. And so I told him and he was like, yeah, I'm so happy to do this research with you.
0: That's awesome. I mean, I think I just want to add a little bit of context to like why it's important. This specific project is because Oklahoma is two huge universities. Yeah. And by huge, like we bring like Oklahoma University and or the University of Oklahoma and the Oklahoma State University bring like college kids from all surrounding areas, whether it's for athletics, for academics, like we are a huge like player in that yeah and kind of like what you're saying is that a lot of those people will come here get the education and go either back or or not stay here because there's no opportunities and in lies your project
1: (laughs) yeah yes so so we went through that project and realized that of all the kids we surveyed we, we did one survey beforehand that was about like 500 people and we found out that three quarters of them did not want to stay in oklahoma after they graduated and so then our shift focused on, okay, why? Mm-hmm. And so we did really a perception survey. Okay, what makes you want to stay? What makes you want to leave? Where could you find yourself living? Like, if you could live somewhere, where would you find yourself living? And we found out that we have the ingredients to make them stay. They, they were just terrible at advertising. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, they and we're terrible at bringing them here. The two universities that you talked about, Evan, like, that are huge, that bring in, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of people to Oklahoma. They are not near Tulsa; mm-hmm. they are closer to Oklahoma City, and so a lot of people have experiences in Oklahoma City, but they don't have experiences in Tulsa. The colleges that are here in Tulsa primarily you know they're they're smaller and they're private, so there's there's just not a critical mass of people that we can sustain ourselves with in that no. way, especially younger people and younger talent and so from that research, we launched a couple of projects and and you know tried to find find foundations of young talent initiatives like Campus Tulsa or Tulsa Service here, you know, really trying to engage intentionally in creating inclusive opportunities for college students and college graduates to come to Tulsa and experience Tulsa and really find themselves in Tulsa and wanting to be here and investing in them. So after, you know, after that summer, I I, essentially it was, it was, I was about to graduate. I was like, I'm going to be a speechwriter. I had worked with some local politicians, was looking at the national scale, the pandemic happened, and I really found myself thinking, who am I kidding? I'm going to stay in Tulsa. Like, that's, it's so, now that I look back at it, I'm like, how was there ever a part of me that doubted?
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, we're, we're young. Like, that's, uh, that's also, like, I always have to give myself credit for, like, being 22 or 21, trying to make, like, these huge life decisions, and maybe they're not huge life decisions. They're just the decisions you have to make at that point in your life. But like, I don't know. I, I think that I never thought about Tulsa. I've said this on the podcast multiple times. Yeah. But now that you're kind of s- n- telling your story, I'm realizing like, hmm, I think Muneep had a hand in me being in Tulsa. A little bit, maybe. <laughs> I
1: mean, just just a small tinge of it. But
0: definitely, I, I think definitely. And that's awesome. I mean, Muneep's like, you're, you and I are the same age. Yeah. So yeah. that means you were working. I was
1: working. I mean, I was... I had a head start. I was doing it during school and during my summers, but I was like, "I'm gonna bring Evan here." That was always in the back
0: of I my know, mind. I knew yeah.
1: before I met you, <laughs> I knew that I wanted you here so I could do this podcast.
0: Well, tell tell me about what you think about Tulsa now. I kind of want to know. Yeah. you know, you've been work. You've been at the foundation now for almost a year and a half or so. Yeah, like yeah. what's what's your relationship with Tulsa right now? I think it's one of those things where
1: you slowly, in the beginning. As, as you may have noticed, or I may have explicitly said, right, <laughs> that Tulsa really wasn't a place where I wanted to be. Um, and I think that that was shared among a lot of people in my demographic and a lot of people my age and a lot of people that were thinking in the same lens that I was. And now I see Tulsa as like, I've fallen in love with the, the city. I mean, I fall in love with the city in a very intimate way of wanting to see it on a national level. Like I want people to recognize how far we've come, how far we're needing to go and how far we're willing to go. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, and I see Tulsa as a place where we can have the hard conversations that a lot of cities try to avoid. I mean, I don't like to sugarcoat things. We have a lot to work on, yeah. but we're willing to work on it, which is not something that I found in any of the other places I visited or worked or studied. I mean, there were a lot of places where it was just let's sweep this thing under the rug and let's not talk about this. Let's just focus on the future. But in Tulsa, it's like, no, we need it. I mean, the street that we're on right now is called Reconciliation Way. I mean, Literally. like we're thinking about these things and we're thinking about them in a way that is
0: for everyone. And we're making it a part of Tulsa, not just a part of its past. Yes, That's kind of like exactly. what, I think, what I think about when I think about Black Wall Street and having a living legacy, too, yeah. is like, like you said, they're not going under the rug because we can't hide from the rug anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. We can't hide from these experiences that people are having. That are reminiscent of the past, but in you know a 21st century perspective. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, li- I like how you're phrasing this because I do think that Tulsa is you know a little bit more conscientious, and it's it, we talk about it as if it's like a Tulsa person making yeah. one decision, yeah. but like the people in the organizations that we work for and work with, like, are part of this change, which is really really awesome.
1: Yeah, and I'm so excited and so happy to be a part of those conversations, and even the even the hard conversations that you know. I do come in and I'm like, I disagree. People aren't dismissive. They're like, let's talk about it. And yeah. so I, I think I've just found myself to be so fortunate to be in this sort of Tulsa and my family's here. And that makes a huge difference when it comes to just where do I want to be? Where do I want to go? And how do I want to build? Especially, you know, we're in our 20s. Yeah. So this is sort of the foundations that we'll have for the rest of our lives. And I think having people that are so smart, they're so dedicated, but are also so kind pouring themselves into us is something that I couldn't ask for in another place. Like I, I couldn't get in another place and I couldn't
0: ask for more of while I'm here. Yeah. I mean, you're really hitting on this next question that I want to ask you too about kind of like the culture of this like innovation and progress. So I, I, let me, let me phrase it like this. Yeah. How would you describe the culture of, you know, kind of our, our subsidiary organizations and, and maybe specifically the one that you work for? What is the culture of the people that you work with and the and the work that you do when it comes to like actualizing pulseless future? It's kind of a weird question because yeah. i I think that it really is just like i I think I want you to describe the attitude because that's kind of where I think the in the important part lies in differentiating us from another city
1: yeah, I have never met or seen as passionate people anywhere, but they're not just passionate passionate in like their single lane, right? They're always like, how can I build? How can you build? How can we build together? And so there is this energy and enthusiasm to make sure that everyone is building collectively and that no one's left behind, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that is sort of the vibe, right? That is like, okay, how do we get together and help everyone do great things and make sure that none of them feel like there's a resource they're missing? Like, mm-hmm. And they're so accessible." And these people shouldn't be accessible. I mean, like just doing the things that they do in any other city, they would not be
0: very accessible yeah.
1: here. They're like, yeah, like text me if you need anything. Yeah. Here's
0: me. my Lee, Grab an hour.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you, you're a resource to me. I'm just some kid. And like you, you open up your time, you open up your space and you open up like your life to me like people. And it's not like there's no barrier between like the professional side of it. They, people are so ready to give you personal advice too. Of like, hey this is a great thing for you, but also, you know, you as a person, this is how I see like things going for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, always, always keeping in mind that lens that makes me different and, and makes me special and like purposefully talking about it, whereas it would be easier not to. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they're not, they're not people that are shy of the hard conversations. they are people that are very passionate and very enthusiastic and so com- like they're so kind And I think that is when I think about all of all the organizations that work together here, when I think about all the people that I interact with most frequently, I am never scared, nervous, or, you know, in any way hindered in interacting with them, even though they do such incredible big things, because I know that they will always be like, open and nice and kind, which even at like a university, I would be nervous for even in another city, I'd be nervous for. But here, it's like yeah it's just that person
0: yeah the dynamics are interesting because i think that it allows for i I think it allows for like me and and other people that are are younger and just maybe lack experience in some of these like environments to to have such an interesting perspective on how things can work because i think that i'm always like like you said kind of hindered by like the dynamics or the dichotomy of like what's going on with like the boss and the boss's relationship with like our mission or whatever. Like, I don't, I guess it's like the mission is really what is in front of everyone's like work and and why they yeah. do what they do. Whereas like a lot of people and a lot of maybe other experiences I've had, it has been a job. And yeah. I think that that's like the difference. I, a lot of people that I work with would not just say that this is a job for them. No, it's like, I wouldn't even call it like a passion project. It is like, a passion mm-hmm. you
1: know it it. people are excited and genuinely like i never thought in my life that i would have a job that makes me excited to wake up in the morning dentistry certainly did not do that for me when i was like you know going into dental offices and shadowing them i wasn't genuinely excited i don't even consider what i do for a living work like yeah. i i wake up every day excited i am enthusiastic and maybe maybe i need to be better about drawing hard lines you know and so I, I do try to escape sometimes and just take some time for myself and be like, OK, I'm not in Tulsa or like I'm not mm. working today. All those things. But, or you
0: get on Twitter and get a nice reality oh, check. god
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so it's so sad looking at the rest of the world. And, and I mean, it's yeah, I, it's a lot. But I think that 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 portion of it you've hit so well, Evan, in the, in the sense that like, no, people here genuinely want to be here. And if they didn't, they wouldn't be. Yeah, you, it's. Because
0: you have to opt in. You have to opt (laughs) in. Like, you have to opt into Tulsa because I think that, it's funny, we have similar stories and just, like, you know, other places we're calling our name or just the idea of of another potential that wasn't here. Um, But the way that the cards shook out, like, we're here and we're actually doing really impactful stuff, which, like, I don't know if a lot of people in bigger cities can can move. You can't really move to LA and go, I'm going to go impact this city. I think... and Maybe think, you can yeah, if you're a really, really great go getter. But like we've kind of just or at least I would say for me personally, like I didn't know I was going to be able to get back to the city in the way that I am. And I feel like I'm I'm doing it, which is really like it, very personally meaningful. Yeah. No, me. I, I think it I think it hits another
1: level when it's your hometown.
0: Mm hmm. Right, 100%. and I would I would
1: consider Tulsa my hometown now. Like Tulsa is all I've known, really. I mean, past third grade, we'll claim like, you too. Well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> it means a lot coming from Yale. Uh, but I, I think on that note, right, like Tulsa special, and and the vibe of Tulsa special because it's accessibility, right? Like in any other city, I would be a number. In this city, I am like me. Yeah, and so I think that it's you know anyone is one connection point away. And that is not the case for a lot of cities, especially not like top 50 cities in the U.S., right? So Mm -hmm. we're on the precipice of something that's like, we're about to be on that next level and we're not yet. So it's sort of exciting to just be here and be with the people that you know are going to make giant, they've already
0: made giant contributions, but we'll continue to do so and just be next to them. Yeah. Let's kind of keep going down this path of just like big ideas and and big picture. And I know... I know you, Manny to be a, a, oh God, a pretty yeah. a pretty good ideas man um, and a visionary. So let's kind of This talk. is so funny. Yeah, this is actually,
1: yeah. Okay, <laughs> let hear this. I want
0: to hear, like, what is your biggest idea for Tulsa? And, like, what can we do to make it happen?
1: My biggest idea for Tulsa?
0: Yes. Okay, so I,
1: I have a lot of ideas for Tulsa. And all of them are in, you know, different lenses. And sometimes I try to combine the lenses. Um, I think all of my ideas generally stem from the mission of the foundation which is to make sure that every child has an equal opportunity and that every child you know tulsa is a place for every child to grow and succeed um and just in in general just like for everyone for for tulsa to have a tulsa for to be for everyone and i think in my mind things that rattle me so i i, I mentioned before i have a background in biology um i love anything that has to do with nature I think the impending climate crisis, not even impending the climate crisis that we are in, right, is something that's on the forefront of my mind continually. And so my big idea is more national. um, But I do think Tulsa has its own role to play within it. And I think as climate change gets worse, and I think as climate catastrophes occur more frequently, and we in general need to be more protective of like biodiversity and be better at conservation efforts. I see Tulsa as a place that can be, as our you know city motto sort of says, a new kind of energy. Mm-hmm. So it's how do we get on the forefront of this effort to climate, like to combat climate change, yeah, right? And so in my mind, I would love to have a more walkable Tulsa, a Tulsa with more green spaces. I mean, I'd love to have, you know, like four more Turkey Mountains. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, and I'm just an outdoorsy person, but in my mind, the next big sort of idea is like viewing the city as an office, mm. the entire city as an office. So we've done, quite a quite a lot when it comes to remote work. But what do we need to do to make sure that any sort of part of Tulsa is a place where people can have access to work and play and and make sure that we're really engaging with the environment that's around us? So Oklahoma, uh, just to give you a bit of reference, has the most bi- like eco-diversity per square mile of any state in the U.S. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, that's- and that's, that's from the EPA. You can look it up. And so in any given moment, you know, you could drive, we could drive three hours south right now and hit a swamp and see alligators. We could drive like four or five hours out west and we could hit deserts. I mean, and Mm -hmm. you three and a half hours, four hours southwest and maybe we would hit like mountains, like mountain ranges. And so my vision is sort of a Tulsa that has anything you'd want to do outdoors wise in your backyard. And it's something that's attainable. I mean, it's something like I get sort of daunted when I go to Colorado and I see these giant mountains because I'm like, I'm not a mountain climber. Mm -hmm. I could go down to like Lawton and and climb some like Wichita mountains there. I mean, like that's not that's attainable. And so I think it's about accessibility to the outdoors and in a way that's so intentional that it isn't, you know, like women feel comfortable. People of color feel comfortable. Children actually, you know, understand the landscape and why it's important Mm -hmm. and how they want to engage in it. And in Tulsa and in Oklahoma, we have such a good tie and, and you know, we have the tribes so nearby, like I want to talk more about like the historical context of place, right? Yeah. And so I think we have a good opportunity here to talk about land. What are we doing here? Like the history of it and how do we engage in it within a respectful way at recreationally and change the way we do transportation and have all of that in the lens of, okay, we need to be on the forefront of the climate crisis. Yeah, I don't... That is like, I think that's something that I wrestle with that's on my mind a lot.
0: Yeah, I think I want to. I really want to kind of dive a little bit into that infrastructure piece because I think that as I'm going to just other cities and seeing what's going yeah. on, I've recently been spending some time in L.A. and talk about a city that is not like accessible. You have yeah. got to have a car to live in that city, and I also think that way about Tulsa in some yeah. ways because like it is, it's big and and it's a grid system and all of that stuff. But like when I think it's it's an asset to have a car here. It isn't an asset to have a car in LA. No, it's not a, at all. It's a liability there. Yeah. Um. But what that makes me want to think about is just like purposeful, um, environmentally friendly, like infrastructure and specifically public transportation. Um. I guess I'm just trying to like think think of more big ideas because I I want to be on your level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think about it,
1: like I think the cherokee nation started like bus routes with carbon neutral buses yep and so something like that i think i want to see more of and i want to like help in those efforts i think something along the lines of we have a lot of bike routes and Mm -hmm. like bike paths in downtown so that you know getting a more culture i think that the problem is also we have to think about our culture differently you know, we're not outdoorsy people here in Tulsa. Like, you'll go to like Boulder or you'll go to Northwest Arkansas. We're not crunchy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not. We're you know, we're not. We're never gonna sort of be in that mindset unless we make a purposeful effort to be right. Mm-hmm. So, I think it starts from like the third grade level of like, this is where we are. This is how you can be conscious. This is this is these are the decisions you can make from a very early age to be looking at you know how can I move? I mean, like transportation is such a big piece of it. And then it comes on the other end from like a city side or, you know, like, a, like you know, organizational side of how do we make sure that it's accessible? So mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's a billion and one ideas about how to fix transportation. Um, I don't I, I that's a problem that I think I want to s- delve in more into, too. Like, I haven't I haven't thought about that. Like, I've thought about that piece. I haven't like found any good solutions.
0: I know it's like there are. I need to have like a worldly experience because I think that maybe there's other cities in other countries that have some solutions that like could work. But I, I mean, I'm saying this on the podcast and I am a little bit ashamed of it. I've never been out of this country, which is really, really hard to like, I mean, we have, we've, been in a pandemic for the past year and a half yeah, so it's, it's not a lot inter- of opportunities so, yeah. definitely introduced <laughs> a challenge to that one but yeah. um i want to i want to go see and, yeah. and bring and bring back i it's, feel like that's what my kind of uh journey is with a lot of things is to is to go experience something and then bring it back to my people I mean, and bring it back to, to tulsa
1: i mean that's i mean a lot of the gathering place the architecture and sort of the playgrounds there are based on that model right yeah. there's a lot of european influence there and i think i was reading this report actually earlier this week On American cities and like sort of the contribution they have to emissions in terms of like gas usage that I think the column said patrol because it was not from here. Mm -hmm. And there's like a graph that sort of forms like a reverse J that has all the American cities, the most fuel consumption and the least efficiency. And then I think, you know, Europe has a better set on it, but Japan really has the transportation mm. piece nailed down. So that's always been a place that I've wanted to go. So maybe we yeah. plan something together. Yeah, and, uh, let's do it. <laughs> we'll, in Tulsa, we'll send us.
0: Yeah. In, in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> we launched a second <laughs> branch. Um, All right. We're approaching the end of our time today, Muni, I want to just thank you so much for having this conversation with me. You're, mm-hmm. you're a, a joy to talk to. Thank you for having me. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Is there anything that you've got coming up or ways that you would want people to maybe reach out to you if they have any questions or want to meet you?
1: Okay, well, I mean, LinkedIn is a good one. Uh, I'm also, if you ever wanted to catch me on a random Saturday, I'll probably be at like the Tulsa Farmer's Market. So just say hi there. But I, if you want to avoid any additional stress in your life, don't follow me on Twitter. That's the one thing I would plug. But thank you for having me, Evan, and, and Jesse. Thank you
0: for editing. It's this has been fun. This oh yeah, we, have, we haven't shouted out Jesse behind the camera before, behind the, the mic, the, the mic any before. Like yeah, there's Jesse. I'd like to plug a few resources for our listeners of Grow With Us that might be of use to you. If you would like to stay in touch with all of our featured jobs and opportunities in Tulsa, then please join our Talent Network. By joining our talent network, you let us know you're interested in working with an In Tulsa company, and our talent team will make sure we put the right opportunities on your radar. You can join at talent.intulsa.com, that's talent.intulsa.com. Stay tuned for more episodes of Grow with Us about tips and tricks for the job application process, learning more about the amazing communities of support in Tulsa, and the tech and innovation that is attracting people across the country to the heart.